guess it's true what they say about you people. Can't trust a fucking word comes out of your mouth. What's the matter, John Rue? I hurt your feelings. As a matter of fact, you did. I know I'm the only black son bitch you ever conversed with, so I'm going to cut you some slack. But you got no idea what it's like being a black man facing down America. The only time black folks are safe is when white folks is disarmed. And this letter had the desired effect of disarming white folks. Call it what you want. I call it a dirty fucking trick. You want to know why I lie about something like that, white man? To another radio show. A broadcast not only of sight and sound, but of mind, mind. A journey into the wondrous land whose boundaries are that of the imagination. imagination. That's the on air sign up ahead. Your next stop, Afro Nerd Radio. With your guides, Dee Bird, Captain Kirk, and on Grindhouse Saturdays, the uncanny Daryl D. And introducing West Coast correspondent, Miss Claire Linnae. Mind expansion engaged. Guardians are coming once again. Guardians Volume 2, Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2 are coming, uh, or is coming, I, th- I should say it more uh, appropriately, but I'm so excited. I'm trying to figure out a way to see this thing. I-, I-, I would like to be able to see it before we actually have our next Grindhouse show, the infamous Grindhouse podcast, folks, so I would try my best. I'm excited. It's the hottest ticket in town. Nevertheless, Nevertheless, pardon me, uh, this is also a hot ticket. This is the Midweek in Review edition of Afroner featuring Captain Kirk. Get your libations. I'm going to rip off of uh, the great Yvette Yvette Carnell. (laughs) Get your libations, folks. Do what you must do. Uh, It's going to be a fun, funky, fact-filled journey for the next two hours discussing all things blurdy, uh, political, and so forth. 
the Defenders trailer was just released today. Set out. I, I will probably put a link into our chat room. I'm excited about that. I think that might actually blow some dust some dust off of what we saw uh, last month with Iron Fist. I'm just saying. That looks a, lot, a little bit more exciting for me. Um, by the way, the call-in number. It's always the same. 646-915-9620. Again, 646-915-9620. Let's go to a groove. You know, one of the working parts of this program, beyond myself, beyond the captain, beyond our Saturday crew, the uncanny Daryl B., and our left coast correspondent, Claire Linnae, we also deal with urban alternative media, urban alternative music, urban alternative culture. So, without further ado, I'm going to play, well, I always play this guy, so I'm not even going to say who he is. Uh, you can figure it out because I play him all the time. This is Lady Cab Driver Remix, giving you about two and a half minutes, and then we'll be back chopping it up. Let's groove.
All right, enough of that. Once again, his royal badness, the late Prince Rogers Nelson, one of his classic jams from the 1999 album Lady Cab Driver, remixed for your pleasure. And this is the Midweek in Review edition of Afternoon featuring Captain Kirk. And you know who the captain is. He is the chief, a chief component of our enterprise here. Uh, I could not do the show without any kind of efficacy, uh, without this gentleman's uh, uh, addition, his knowledge, and so forth. So, without further ado, you're needed on planet Earth, of all places. Let's get to it. Space, the final frontier. These are the voyages of the starship Enterprise. It's five-year mission to explore strange new worlds, to seek out new life and new civilizations, to boldly go where no man has gone before. Now, I'm going to talk about race from a perspective that I don't think anyone on either side is going to like. I like doing that. I like to frazzle up everybody. So you might find this to be an overview, a philosophy, so to speak, for you vacuous, plebeian types. So now, pay attention. Now, some of you do believe this. Some of you don't, that there's only one race, and that's human race. I can vibe with that. I have no problem with that. One race. Some of you will say that race is just a social construct. I can vibe with that. Not a problem. But here's the curveball I throw at everybody. We may be this all the same race, but we have different frequencies, my friend. Let's explain. <laughs> Let's explain. The great center of the Houston Rockets years ago, Yao Ming, over seven feet tall from China, seven foot six to be exact. I have to explain to you who he is because some of you are not sports aficionados. You do other things with your time. So Yao Ming, you can look him up, Google him. Seven foot, six inches. The Afro-nerd, the people who listen to Afro-nerd radio, the proper Negro, you all know what a pygmy is. Now, if you put Yao Ming and a pygmy together, and if let's say hypothetically for whatever reason, you didn't know anything about humans, you might think they're not the same species. And that, that, that's understandable, right? Same human race, different frequency. And sometimes you cannot put frequencies together. Now, that doesn't mean some big, tall, jumping Chinese person might not date a pygmy. It's not likely, though. But technically, theoretically, they can have offspring. Different frequencies, though. Let's go further with this. Let's go further. 
gorillas and chimpanzees, you know, they may cross paths in the wild, but they're not really living together, you know. For most part, there will be problems. Both apes, different frequencies. Captain, are you referring to humans as apes? Well, according to your scientists, you're just an evolved ape or a transgenic chimp made from the apes. You don't have the fur. You don't have their strength. You don't have their agility. So you're just a high-functioning, functional ape. Let's go further. Tigers and lions can mate. Different habitats, though. They don't really live together. Lions are very social. Tigers are on their own, doing their own thing. That's how they operate. When they run into other tigers, they have, so to, so to speak, beef with each other. But they don't try to kill each other just enough to back up each other. You know? They don't like each other. Tiger versus tiger. But technically, a tiger and a lion can make cat species, big cat species, different frequency. And I think most of you proper Negroes know the difference between a tiger and a lion. Let me keep going now so you understand this. Let's look at radio stations because now you're dealing with frequencies. Let's say you're 92.3 and you're jazz station. Let's say you're 107.1 and you're a rock and roll station. You see the difference in frequencies. But we do know there's things called jazz fusion and jazz rock. So from time to time, you can put it together, different frequencies. You understand? Different frequencies. But from time to time, it does work. It does work. It does work. But the frequencies are different. So separation is necessary. And time to time, they can visit and we can have things that work. I told you, you're not going to like this. A lot of you have a tendency to believe that humans are very, very intelligent. Because you can't do certain certain things. Is that is that really the case though? Take aside your self importance. Are you really that intelligent? I don't know about that. I really don't think so. Look at school. What is school? Does anyone know what school is? And what happens when you read? All right, I'll tell you briefly because I know you're vacuous. School is nothing more than a place where means and ideas are stored. Get someone else. Not as you, someone who is not you, did. And you have to decant this awareness into your being, these means, in order for you to be somewhat functional in this society. So how can you be self-important, which most of you are, because you attended school, because you read some information the next man didn't read? You didn't create any of it. And if you were really that smart, you wouldn't need to do that. You'd be able to synthesize it out of the air. That's what school is. So when all of you individuals are running around, I know this, I know that. Notice the captain says something different. Captain says he doesn't use his information because he's not as self-important. I'm not creating anything. I don't do that. It's been done already. 
You understand? But you, on the other hand, go a different way. reason why I said this is to let you realize what you really are in this case. So now looking at that, you can see the problem when you bring different frequencies together. Sometimes, notice what I'm saying. I didn't say race. Different frequencies because it's human race. You can see the problem when you come together. One race, but different frequencies. I'll go as far as this since we're dealing with proper Negroes because the proper Negro says this. But when your butt hurt, you don't like to call it out. You say it to yourself. At times, and more times than not, you cannot put the proper Negro together with the lower tier Negro. How you like them apples? Sometimes you can, because the lower tier at times does pick up their frequency. I know you don't like the words, your butt hurts. You can't put that three, four, five degree black two-parent two household working 70, 80, 90, 100,000, 150,000, 250,000 with nine tattoos high school dropout at times. Same ways. Different frequency. I wanted you to look in the mirror with that one, black man. Same ways. Different frequency. You have to look in the mirror. So you can see the problems you have with multiculturalism. Same race, different frequencies. And if you was really that smart, you'd be able to pull the information out of the air. Stop being so self-important. The answers are right in your face a lot of times because someone else did them. All right? That mathematics degree, you didn't create that math. Someone else did that. Come on. All right? That book you read, you know, about black history, you didn't do that. Someone else did that. And that was information compiled from somewhere else. Let's stop it, people. Let's stop it. Realize what it is. Realize what you are. You're not as smart as you think you are. Same race, different frequency. And when you put different frequencies together, either they one overshoots the other, or if we look from a radio's perspective, they can't be both in the same place. But sometimes we can integrate certain aspects. Okay? It's just food for thought, something for you to think about. People, when you're out there chanting Black Lives Matter or whatever else you're doing, you know, your intellectual talk, I have 10 degrees, this person does not, you know, just things for you to think about. Philosophy, food for thought. That's all. Now, back over to the proper, at times, angry Negro, Afro-nerd himself. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <laughs> uh, folks, if you haven't guessed it, uh, words of wisdom from our mighty Captain Kirk. The call-in number remains an ever-constant, 646-915-9620. Again, 646-915-9620. Feel free to buzz on in with your queries, questions, protestations, whatever. It's cool. We can handle it. Uh, comments, disagreements, whatever. Um. I'm going to bounce around a bit uh, per usual things come up topically that within, within 14 hours of the show going on air, 
stuff comes up. Um, so I'm going to bounce around a bit. A bit. And, and actually, there's some things that I wanted to talk about last week, but we had a preemption last Wednesday. And really, last week, we're dealing with 24-hour news cycle. So in essence, if you don't get on top of these topics, the next thing you know, it's over and done with. But I would still like to impart my opinion on some of this stuff anyway. Still percolating, percolating with me, with yours truly. Uh, one quick thing. I happened to check out, I believe, the Atlanta Black Star website. I would advise our listenership, if you're not already checking out this uh, black-themed news service, news site, it's atlantablackstar.com. And they had a piece, I guess one would consider it a controversy or somewhat nonsensical, but it, it bothered me nevertheless. So – uh, at this particular website, they had referenced some unknown rapper. I'm not even – I don't even think this rapper is – I don't think he's particularly a well-known rapper, someone like a recognizable name. But he happened to make an off-the-cuff comment about this proposed clothing trend, female women's line clothing trend. And, I, and actually, I have been noticing this a bit as well. Uh, you notice them with the high-profile – Celebrity types, uh, African-American celebrities. I, I would suspect that it's probably cross-racial also, but I've seen my fair share of celebrities where they are starting to wear uh, beyond the pale provocative gear. These women are wearing see-through sheer tops without any kind of bra or anything. So for all intents and purposes, their breasts are exposed. So now uh, – it's coming off as if this may be moving from the celebrities, which is common, to common folk. The the rapper, I think, with his tweet, you could get his inference. His inference was, you know, is it what 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 the hell is this basically? Is this the new thing now? You you got the impression that because I, I I really hold hold many commercial rappers. Many, not all, but many, in a very negative light, nignoggery at its finest. I don't necessarily see them being um, intellectually curious. N- not all. There are some that are intellectually in- intellectually curious. Unfortunately, conventional radio doesn't really allow for those kind of voices. So I was shocked that he even had an opinion on this. As soon as he put out, which was put out pretty much a muted tweet. It really it really wasn't as harsh. He just said, is, you know, is this, what is this? Why is this? It was, again, one would assume it, it would be something that someone probably wouldn't pay attention to. Not the case. Yeah, the hypersensitive types, the SJWs, the millennials, they wrecked havoc with this guy. So much so that he ended up, as you would expect, quasi-explaining, quasi-doing a mea culpa, Quasi doing a capitulation. So yours truly weighed in. And I said what I thought many would think that, hey, this isn't what it what is this? We I'm paraphrasing, but I said something to the effect of we might as we might as well accept World War Three or we might as well I'm speaking hyperbolically, obviously. We might as well stop dropping bomb start to drop bombs because effery 
what like what's the purpose of all this? Like what is this? So I didn't really expect a lot of pushback on that. Lo and behold, some woman sent me a text. Uh, well, not me a text, but made a comment like, look, you know, this is a bunch of BS and BS comments like this one. Linking to me, like my, com- my comment was BS. So I, I, that automatically I'm assuming, well, th- I guess this is acceptable to some people. This is okay. So I, I heard quite a few women via Twitter. Men can, w- men can walk around comfortably. I think that's debatable, but comfortably with their shirts off. And why not women? Although I think legally that is, that is, what, that is a possibility, that is a probability. Uh, we've seen uh, protesters, those who had an axe to grind or s- some specific agenda in Manhattan. It is allowable. It's not illegal for a woman to walk around public view without a top. Very rarely have I seen that in a public setting. So uh, I also chimed in and said, well, I mean, again, this is an alleged free country. You can do what you want to do for the sake of creative expression, but don't expect to have the same trajectory that our former first lady had, Michelle Obama, don't expect, to, don't expect to do that. Don't expect to be uh, walking down an aisle in marriage, more than likely. I mean, there's exceptions to the rule, but there's the rule. And I, I would think that this really isn't something that's debatable. But I find myself in, in a situation where I, I'm beginning to feel like the, the prototypical old man on the lawn thing. I don't really feel that way, but I mean, folks are trying to push me in in that direction because I'm pointing out clear BS. And I, I, I overanalyze things. Longtime listeners know I I can get very, you know, anal on, on stuff and just look at these things over and over again. And I likened it. So I, I, I pick and pick and pick at things so I can figure it out. And I said, you know what this is? Captain knows me. You know what this is? This is the woman's equivalent of male pants sagging. I see, I see men, uh, young men with their pants sagging. First of all, it's beyond sagging. They might as well be walking around with their pants uh, on their, down their ankles. Because pants sagging circa 1995 with Tupac was a slight sag and was still annoying. You might have, you might have seen the top brim of the uh, of the underwear uh or uh, of the of the back of if you remember correctly if i remember correctly they were cinched to a certain point where it was really below the backside was just a little bit below where you could just barely see the label but it was still uncouth now we're seeing basically almost to the point where they're they're on your knees and you're, you're seeing pretty much the entire underwear of, of, of the person so I don't want to see that it, 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 it's, in, it's in poor taste it's, it's not, you're, not going, you're not going to get warriors from this crew and I mean warriors that you know the, the stormtroopers are upon us if we're to believe what's happening with this administration 
And I would like to think that we need to at least look like we're serious. When it came down to the civil rights era, and the Catholic and myself were pretty much born after the civil rights era. So I, I, I'm like, I'm not that dissimilar from the millennials in the sense that some of these historical movements, I had to be told about them, or I saw them on television, or, or and I see them on the internet. I have to, I have to revisit the speeches of, of Malcolm X. I was born after Malcolm X. So uh, a lot of the civil rights movement is something that I, I, I did not experience. I I I feel like I've, I feel like I have experienced it because uh, my parents, you know, many Generation X folk, many I guess later millennials, good parenting probably would good parenting from a black perspective. I shouldn't just say from a black perspective. Really, um, progressive parenting, cross racially, good progressive parenting you would think that uh, your parents would introduce you and tell you and school you on these important historical changes, societal change, societal changes, the things that we take for granted today. I know for sure generation Y and Z and these millennials, they just take for granted that a black person can be a cashier or work in uh, a, a supermarket Things that, I, that that's something we take for granted. Even being working in a movie theater, things that you would think of as not really being controversial or at issue, those are revolutionary things. If you want to get into it, I mean, uh, being a cashier. When I spoke to speak to the Oracle, you know, in 1960, a black woman being a cashier, black women weren't necessarily getting getting those jobs, or black men. Believe it or not, you know, it was, it was um, you know. Many things we take for granted, granted today, I mean, let alone having uh, coming off of a black presidency. So uh, I, I'm just, Captain, I'm, I'm just <laughs> flabbergasted that I would get somewhat negative feedback that it's okay. Like, I, I can't uphold, oh, I, I, this is to honor women. I'm, I'm, I'm being honorable by saying I think we should be holding our women in higher regard, but there's a lot of this respectability politics thing that comes up. And I'm confused by the whole, I'm just confused by it. I, I'm utterly confused. That's just one Can thing. Any, yeah, yeah, sure, sure. Well, you know, just as you said, you know, technically you could do whatever you want or so-called you think you could do whatever you want without any ramifications. And I do agree, agree with you when you said this is similar to, you know, Men with the pants sagging thing Understand that But let me go to what one of my longtime friends who had passed away He worked in the cosmetic industry This is what he used to say Used to say He would say That cosmetics Are made for women And he said Thank goodness That they are made for women if it was up to men, you wouldn't really have a cosmetic industry because we would not buy enough of this stuff. He's saying, yeah, men wear cosmetics, and they have the right to do it. If you want to do up your eyes, you want to do up all of this stuff, he said, yeah. But men have a different nature. And if men were spending all their time like women, 
just because they can. This is him now. He said this, not me. Just because they can make themselves up. Most women would not respect that man, and that's not the man they're going to marry. This is what he said. <laughs> this was over drinks, by the way. You know, but anyway, this is what he said. And he worked in this industry for a very, very long time. Very long time. Years. You know, that was his perspective with it. So, yeah, it's a woman thing. But men can do it, you understand, but ramifications, and the women will not respect the men if all of us were going around doing up our face and spending more time than they do in the bathroom and doing their hair and everything else. That was his perspective. And I think that was very poignant at this given point. I think he was right on point. I think it was correct. Back over to you, Afro. Yeah, you know, um, something else too, and this is I just uh, I think I think it was uh, I think it was your predecessor. He's always keeping me abreast of all the the, the shenanigans that are out there. Uh, he sent me a text photograph of a family photograph, a family picture. Pardon me, of the uh, Johnson family. Uh, Irvin Magic Johnson, um, his wife Cookie, and his son, and we know his son to be uh, of an alternative lifestyle. And uh, I mean, listen, that's not really up for me to comment. It's it really isn't an issue. Um, it's not my life, not my lifestyle. So you know, the, the mature thing would be to you know not really have a thought about it, but. I will say, <laughs> I saw this family photograph, and I'm again, I just don't get it. And maybe this is partially a Hollywood thing, but the, I'm going to see if I can find it, and I'll put the photograph in our chat room. But it's um, mother and father and the son, and he's dressed completely ready for uh, – one of the one of those village clubs, Captain. Um, I'm trying to remember what's the name of that club. That's like a. a, a I don't. I, you know, listen. <laughs> this guy was in full makeup, looking like some kind of bolero or something. Parents were smiling. I was like, really? Well, the rich people don't. <laughs> rich listen, people. wealth. <laughs> wealth doesn't take away everything, man. That's true. That's definitely true. You know, a young lady that was in our company, <clears throat> pardon me, I, I, uh, I took her out on a date. You were there. All of us were there. We, we, I, you, missed, you might have told this story uh, at Afropunk a few years ago. And this is at the height. Uh, this is when, if you remember the controversy with uh, Floyd, May, Floyd Mayweather being clowned because he really couldn't read. So uh, Charlemagne had made fun of him. <clears throat> pardon me. Charlie made fun of him on air, playing a clip of him having difficulty reading some kind of commercial or something. And uh, I think 50 Cent weighed in and challenged him for Jimmy Kimmel on Jimmy Kimmel about reading a nursery rhyme or something. And then uh, a, a tweet response from Floyd Mayweather was, I think it was like two multi-million dollar checks. So the young lady that was, that was my guest as an off the cuff thing, it said, uh, well, you know, what's the, you know, that, that proves it. That's the end of the argument. I mean, 
who cares if he can't read? I mean, this is, you know, he's got all this money. And <laughs> Captain turned around and looked at me. We gave each other that look like, okay, this isn't going to work out too well. This is not going to end well. And I had I had to, I had to take note that oh this this is the way to think. I mean, I can't, I couldn't I couldn't ignore that. I was like, really? Uh, I don't care how much money a person has. Um, you should be able to read <laughs> as an adult. That does mean something. And I never I never looked at her quite the same way that someone could easily just. You know, kind of just push it to the side as if that's not a, as if that's not a big that's not a big deal. These things don't matter. I think I think certain things matter. Appearance matters, believe it or not. Um, but like you said, I mean, you know, peop- many folks will just you know push it to the side. And, and um, it, my my belief when I saw this photograph was that this is this is rebellion toward the parents. Because if you're just if you're just taking a photograph with your with your parents, why is it necessary to be dolled up that way? Why can't you just be a son? Like this is like an agenda, even into even an agenda that you're taking even with a, a moment of intimacy with your parents. I even I even uh, told a joke that let's say you're Batman, and you're and uh, Martha and Thomas Wayne are still alive. You became Batman without the parents getting killed. And it's time for a, photo, a family photograph. Am I to expect that Bruce Wayne is going to wear his Bat costume in the family photograph? Like, can't he be Bruce Wayne for the family photograph and then once the photo shoot is over, go out and put the cowl and, and beat some ass? I'm just, I'm just asking. But, but uh, the well, younger... Well, you know what they'll say. The, the younger, the younger um, Johnson, <laughs> that could have a double entendre. <laughs> the younger Johnson, uh, he wanted to be Batman in the co- in, in the in the photograph. Go ahead, uh, Cap. I'm just confused by it. I don't get it. You know what they they will say? They say, "Well, this is just me. This is who I am. You can't tell me that. My parents have to accept me for who and what I am. This is what it is." If I want to dress this way, there you go. And there should not be any fallout in any which way. This is America. That's what they'll come back and say to you. Yeah, but is, is it America in your America in your in your house? You see what I mean? For them, you, maybe you it still, is. You, but you still you still prove my point that 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 this is this is an this is an agenda in your in your damn dining room. I mean, it's not America mm-hmm. in your house if you deconstruct it. Mm-hmm. It is, it's it's crazy. <laughs> it's crazy, and it's, and it's, and some would say I'm being. I hope they're not saying I'm being uh, homophobic or whatever. That's not the case. I'm actually saying, do you when you are, are, are being so so antithetical antithetical to just being a family member? Like is your is that gayness part in your in your in your social life or quote unquote in your your mind and heart, or is it something you are promoting on the outside? Because if that's just a, if that's just like an aspect of your personality, 
or of your of your social setting or whatever however you would however you want to describe it that has nothing that has nothing to do with you being a son to your parents but he brought all that all that uh RuPaul business in a family photograph i mean huh. i'm trying my i'm trying my hardest not to be quote unquote old fashioned because old fashioned uh, an old fashioned guy would would be completely against the whole the whole thing in its entirety like it would be like oh, no you you know you're disowned i'm not even talking about that i'm just saying can we have a family photograph i thought it was well, bizarre you know i thought it was bizarre as hell you know what they'll say after so you're saying that this what they'll say they put words in your mouth so you're saying you know if this is him it's not all right for him to dress in that manner for a photograph to make you happy. Hey, listen, it's not even about making me happy. I'm just trying to figure out, what, you know, what what does all that all those histrionics have to do with being a son to your to your to your parents? You know, I, listen, I want to be the Black Panther. <laughs> I'm not going to be the Black Panther uh, in a family photograph. I put on the Black Panther costume. <laughs> After the photograph is over. I'm not even saying he can't even look that way. I'm not even saying he can't express himself. But do you ha- is that necessary for the, for the purposes of a family photograph, which is just about you, not about what you're trying to project? I, you know, hey, listen. It's, maybe it's naivete on my part. Maybe it's a misunderstanding. I'm never, going to, I'm never going to get it. And I'm trying to understand. That's the irony. I'm trying to understand. I just think that this. I think there's something else going on there. I think it's because you you've seen other people who ha, who are gay that are just you know just he, he just a dude with his mom. He's just a dude with his parents. This guy was was something else. He was Batman with his parents. Well, you know what they'll I say mean, after that. <laughs> As a cisgender male, oh, you can't well. understand. Yeah, they're gonna they're gonna throw those uh, ten dollar words out at me now. These words that came about since like two thousand five. These new words that everyone is categorized and has and, and put into a box. And you know, if you belong to this box, you know this. We're gonna go to a quick groove, people. But uh, I've been noticing, especially since uh, with the treatment of Ann Coulter, and I think Ann Coulter is a reprehensible person. Uh, even uh, Milo uh, uh, Giannopoulos. And maybe in his case, he should have he should have really fallen out in, in bad favor because of the, the the boy thing and you know some kind of weird reference to to um, to boys. You know that that'll knock you out right away. Uh, but beyond that, this whole thing of being put being put into a political box and then not being allowed to speak is is something that's bizarre. And that's when you say you know what they're going to say. Those are the kind of people that are, that are that are controlling things right now. This SJW crew, that to to me, the beauty of being a the beauty of confrontation with folks that have that may have a different perspective than you. The beauty of it is the ability to confront them and deconstruct their ideas. But we're at the point now that you, they're not even allowing discourse at these colleges. 
These are liberal colleges that are really not liberal. They're fascist because the, the whole definition of liberalism is acceptance, things that you may, may disagree with. You have to be able uh, – I think Charles, Charles Murray, uh, educator and some may say white supremacist. I, I don't know if I would go as far as that to say that. You would say he's a proto-alt-right guy. Um, his most famous book was The Bell Curve, and he's still out there writing books. Uh, with this whole notion of IQ connected to to race, um, we've seen clear cases where that that has can certainly be debunked. And I think Charles Murray was one of these guys that they didn't want to have speaking at these colleges that just don't have him speak. We won't allow you to speak. You you gotta you gotta be able to to show the world that this guy's an idiot. Clearly, we saw that with Tommy Lauren. On um, uh, what's the the the, the cat show that took over for uh, uh, why well, can't I think of his name now? The comedian from South Africa. Oh, okay, Trevor Noah. Trevor Noah, thank you. Trevor Noah dismantled her. Now, but I heard also these millennials say, well, she, she he gave her a platform, and he shouldn't have uh, he shouldn't have done that. When when you when he had her on there. He made the world look at her and say, "Okay, she's a she's a dumb she's a dumb dumb." But if if you think of not allowing people to speak is bizarre to me. You you should allow people to speak unless they're going to be uh, violent or over the top. But let them spew out their ideas and and dismantle them one two three four, and that's the end of it. These people don't allow that. These are these are coming from a, a segment of people that's ridiculous, and it's it's it is certainly the the Twitter generation, the 140 characters or less. I don't quite. I'm not going to allow you to put out your full ideas because I have to understand what you're saying clearly in, in 140 characters, and regardless of how valid your point may be. I don't like what you say, so I could put my fingers in my ears and say, nah, 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 nah. I'm lost. Anyway, uh, I believe <laughs> that was funny. Nah, 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 nah. <laughs> that's what, that's, that's what you're dealing with. I never saw such a thing. Uh, I, I grew up, and I mentioned this before, I grew up on Phil Donahue, a very liberal gentleman, but he was a master of the talk show medium. And I still, from time to time, go to YouTube. Thank, thank the, 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 thank Mount Olympus. <laughs> thank Mount Olympus. Thank um, Themyscira for YouTube, because you, re- I revisit these shows, and you really see just how masterful he was, and how he had some pretty controversial figures, all stripes on those programs, and they allowed he or she whoever the guest would, was, to, to spout out what they had to spout out. And then either they could, not be, they could not be deconstructed, or oftentimes they were deconstructed. And you learned something. But this new crew of, we're not going to allow you to talk, I, I want to hear what Ann Coulter says. Because Ann Coulter allows me to sharpen my tools. But they don't want that. This is this is bizarre, man. It's it's 
doesn't make any sense. If you are really confident in your beliefs, you can stand someone who may have a different opinion, and you should be able to battle he, that person, male or female, if you're confident in your beliefs. I don't think these people are confident in their beliefs. This, this is nignoggery at its best. I'm going to go to our friend, uh, Q-Storm, and then we're going to go to a musical break. I'm, I'm curious as to what he's, what he's thinking. Um, folks, this is the Midweek in Review edition of Afronaut featuring Captain Kirk. Mind you, we have Saturday's forthcoming Grindhouse show. Uh, wow, the Defenders trailer has just been released. Um, the Dark Tower trailer is out there. Uh, there's Guardians. I may have to see that at some, some peculiar time, Captain. I might, be, I might have to go on a solo mission on that one. Uh, and we just revisit it as, as uh, the inner sanctum next week, but I'm going to see it somehow. Anyway, let me go to Q. Q, is that you? It is me. I'm on my cell phone, so I know I probably sound bad, but uh, I'm working the tri-state area after nerd, you know. I gotta, I'm working at work the tri-state area, working in New Jersey this week. That's okay. good. Um, I, we, hear you, we, we hear you. We hear you. Just want to say, you know, I consider myself progressive. And I consider myself to be a liberal. I tend to lean liberal. Um, and I couldn't agree with you more than 100%. <clears throat> I mean, I couldn't agree with you more than 1,000% over what you just said. Uh, and I know in the past when there was a, maybe three or four years ago, some college uh, rejected someone coming to speak. And I was like, well, yeah, that's what they deserve. And, uh, you know, the, the, the school had the right to do that. I, I completely was wrong on that issue, um, I, I, and you said it best when I, uh, you were talking about Trevor Noah. I assume you were talking about when he had on Tommy Lauren. That's correct. He, until that interview, I thought Trevor Noah was a lightweight in interviewing people, but I was like, Where, whoa, where's this Trevor Noah been? He shut her down. Um, Bill Maher, I think he's one of the smartest men on TV today. I'm a huge fan. I've seen him in concert three or four times. Watch the show every week. I get I have people that know me that say, "Oh, you friend that that racist Bill Martin." That he had he had Milo Yiannopoulos on one night. I'm like, and and so he also had Malcolm Nance on, and he had Larry Wilmore on. Well, I'm I'm, I'm kind of cool on Larry Wilmore, but you know, but he had yeah. Malcolm Nance on, and they they ripped him a new a hole. So how are you going to do that if you don't have these people on speaking? How are you supposed, you know, if you want to get rid of roaches, you don't let them hide. You shine a light on. You turn the light on, see where they are, and you, you spray them. Uh, uh, w. Kamal Bell, he just did his uh, show, uh, I forget, United Shades of America, I think it's called. That's, yeah, I think that is it. Mm-hmm. It, it premiered uh, this week. He had Richard Spencer on, and Richard Spencer sounds like a damn fool. So I don't know how you're supposed to. You know, keep your enemies. What, what does Sun Tzu say? Uh, what did he keep your enemies close? Something like that. Yeah, keep your enemies. I, I don't, I don't, uh, keep your friends close. Keep your enemies closer. Something to that effect. Yeah. yeah so well known, like, well known it, a sta- uh, statement. Yes. Yeah. So to me, it's like why shut them down? Let them expose themselves. So I just want to, you know, I, I agree with you 100 percent on that. Q, one quick thing. I don't know if you saw this, and I'm going to go to a quick groove. Um, I do want. To, I, I think I want to talk about. Uh, there's a lot. Of, I want to revisit. I missed it last week because we we didn't have a show. The Shea Moisture issue, as well as the Jesse, <laughs> as well as the Jesse, the Jesse Williams issue. I'm going to have to go into Jesse Williams as well. 
Um, I have no real problems with Jesse Williams, to be honest with you, at all. I don't play Plantation Olympics. Um, I see him as a black person. Um, but I, I, don't, I also know that there are some folks that, based on his, his features, even though, he, even though he spoke that ish, quote unquote, that mainstream black ish that black folks like, uh, he has to kowtow to it fully. And when things went, went, went south in his marriage, uh, women weren't feeling that. And that's where the hypocrisy, hypocrisy comes in with them, not him. What, are, what were your thoughts about this thing where women are now uh, purportedly, some women, the fashion trend for them to wear these sheer tops where their breasts are fully exposed publicly? Come that's, on, man. You know where I stand on that. <laughs> I think you. I think you saw. I think yeah. You. I think you saw. Yeah. You. You chimed in on Twitter when I made a remark. But I got some some heat from women. Some women that you know. Look at this guy. You know, this is the type of stuff that we're trying. Like in other words, my statement is a problem. Because you know, well, I didn't think Efren, that was. I didn't think it was controversial what I said, but it, apparently it is. No, Efren, you're body shaming. You can't do that. You're body shaming. It's like when when you know Kim Kardashian. Has a beautiful body. I'm a full blood. I'm a full blood male. Beautiful body. I have no problems with seeing her naked, but not in public. So when she puts her, when she Instagrams her uh, nudity, that my son might see on the cell phone. You know, when he borrows my mother's cell phone to go Pokemon Go, and he might go to the wrong site or something like that and see naked Kim Kardashian. I, you know, and I and I say, you know, that seems inappropriate. But then I get the SJW talking about, oh, you're body shaming. You 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 you're stuck in the past. I'm like, what? No, it's not decent. <laughs> I, I'm not a Puritan, but it's not decent. You know, I, I was okay. in New York. I was in Times Square about a month ago. Mm-hmm. I'm standing there. Um, porn star walks right 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 by me, followed by a TMZ crew. She's topless. Wow. I mean, really? I love to see him on form, but I have decency. You know. Well, you know, so, you know, there was there was a thing. I don't know what's going on now, but I remember last year or maybe two years ago, there was a quite a few of uh, women in in Times Square. I think they were pretty much pilfering tourists, but they were wearing uh, like really practically nothing. Like they were body paint, but they were pretty much naked. And they, and this is right. the middle of the day where parents are with their children, young children, and this is just being imposed on them, and you have to explain this stuff. But, I mean, now we're, you know, that's one element of the same thing. But now what I'm talking about as a fashion trend, because you're seeing some of these, uh, you know, whether it's Rihanna or Kim Kardashian, some, some of the celebrities, now it's translating to regular women, uh, or non-celebrities, I should say, and they feel they have the right to wear this kind of stuff. And I'm saying, well, yeah, you can wear whatever you want to wear. It's a free country, allegedly. But don't don't get into the the respectability club. Don't expect to be Michelle Obama. Like I I, I don't I mean just realize that this, this is not the way. Like the, I think they're angry that they're not going to be treated like like Michelle Obama or or, or uh, a head of state. No. I mean you, you're not going to. Yeah. I mean I I think I think you could you could do whatever you want to do. I support whatever you want to do, but realize you're not going to be in certain clubs. The, the, that's just it. That's just it. Well, you they know, want to be in the club. You know, uh, our, our dude Prince, you know, he he went on uh, 
MTV, what was it, 94, with some assless pants. Now, how do, how, how do you think that would go over if, if, if a guy was walking down the street like that? Would, would that be accepted? Uh, it wouldn't be it wouldn't be acceptable. It wouldn't be acceptable, but I, I guess what I'm what I'm thinking of is that he's on stage performing. We're talking about that's, just no, that's the point I'm making. That's the yes. If, even if you, although even if you're on stage, I think it's a little bit out there. But you know, you're sweetheart. You're not Rihanna, okay? <laughs> Sh- Shartisha is not Rihanna. It's, it's a different. They think look. they are though. That's the problem. <laughs> social media, social media has evened up the score, Psych- psychically, I think, psychically and psychologically. Uh, the social media celebrities, first of all, anybody can become a celebrity. Clearly, the cash me out, what's the cash me outside girl, is making money and is a celebrity and is a fool. But you know, as long as that kind of world exists, I mean, there was a clear distinction between. Cary Grant, I'm going old school, but I'm talking about Silver Age, true stars. That was a whole different thing, and many folks did not believe they were in that same realm. That was true American royalty. And they had odd behavior, all kinds of craziness going on, but it, there was a, a, a definite distinction. But at the advent of social media and the internet, the field has leveled now. And that's what's happening. Well, it's, it's causing a, psych, a kind of a psychic break with regular young people that believe that they could, they're just, they're like Rihanna. They're in the same universe. And maybe there's a, maybe they're, they, maybe they are. Well, the last thing I'll say is if that's the way young people, particularly young girls think, or young women think they can gain celebrity, they may, but that's the kind of celebrity that will get you a wax figure in Madame Tussauds with you bent over on all fours and strangers coming up and dry humping you. If that's what you want, go for it. Well, listen, I, 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 and we saw, and we saw. Hey, listen, we saw that. We we saw oh, that. Uh, and and, and uh, we, well, he listen. He, he's on point about that, and I think it's not so much about the. I, I get the analogy, but at the very core, they want respect. This respectability <laughs> policy thing. And, and that's, that's what I mean. Well, that's that's what they're they're telling the, the the responses I received from my Twitter are telling me, look at this guy. He doesn't know he doesn't know what's going on. Th- this kind of mindset, like my mindset, is 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 wrong. And a woman can can walk around and be perceived in a respectful respectful manner with her breast exposed. So I mean, yeah, you know, I, and I uh, and I simply said, if you do the math. I don't think Michelle Obama, who is Ivy League educated and, and, and certainly what many women would aspire to be, even some of those ratchet women, uh, they still believe that they're, they're in the same universe. And I'm, giving, I'm telling them, no, the door to this club is closed for you. <laughs> well, there are that's other, all. There are, other clubs, there are other clubs that will open their doors, but that's what I'm saying. Yeah. They, they call the strip club. That club. The strip club. The strip club. That's where you go. It's fine there, but they want respectability, and they, they have this whole thing about respectability politics, that which which it, I will confess it is causes me agita and OCD. Because when you really get into it, respect the, the operative root word of respectability is respectable, and then respect. 
it, it really is there really isn't anything wrong with the concept of respectability positive. I mean, if you really want to get into it, I was looking at looking at the definition. Almost every positive accolade affirmation that's 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 commensurate with respectability is is positive. There's really nothing there's really nothing negative about the concept of respectability. The only thing you could say is which I agree and I've said this countless times is that yeah, you may not want to be quote unquote respectable by the standard of quote white mainstream white mainstream culture as a black person. Okay? I give you I grant you that. But why can't you be respectable for the sake of respectability? You know what I mean? Do you do you slap your mother or your father? Because white people, uh, you know, the white mainstream culture may not allow for, allow for uh, allow for that, or do you just do it because it's the right thing to do? And if you want to colorize it, and I'm trying to get away from colorizing things, if you want to colorize it again, can you colorize it from I don't know the civil rights standard, from the, from the uh, the Harlem Renaissance standard, from the West African standard? I'm just asking, <laughs> from the Caribbean standard. I, I they, agree 100% once again. You know? I, I have no problem with respectability politics. It, it's your mentality that's determining who are you being respectful for. Are you being, If you're telling yeah. me respect, respectability politics means you're trying to be white, that's your mentality. My mentality says I'm trying to be respectable for myself and my people. I don't know or, why or that's defi- so hard. Or defining, defining certain things as white things, speaking – the Queen's English is a white thing, or uh, performing at a certain scholastic level is a white thing. I mean, these are just things. There's no color attached to intelligence or to uh, speaking English. But you hear these people, everything is about some kind of white standard, and I'm saying there's just a standard. I would agree there shouldn't be a white standard. You shouldn't be uh, ascribing to, quote-unquote, a white standard. That does sound crazy. But that's no, normally the knee-jerk definition of respectability politics. And when you listen to this SJW, the SJW black millennials uh, critiquing, pantsagging, and now breast-showing, is if I critique it, that means I'm ascribing to a, quote-unquote, respectability politic thing or a white thing and you need to sh- you need to sit down i'm like wow it's like that and i i i wouldn't say anything if your way worked your way's not working there's, there's, there's clear evidence listen there's clear evidence that what that that the, the trials and tribulations that many of these professional black people and successful black folks um you know, you name your, pick a card, any card. If I'm going to Michelle Obama, as far as a woman, her way worked. Her way worked, clearly. Well, uh, I think that some people say she sold out and he sold out and this and that and the other. But Kanye I agree West sold. I, I agree. Kanye West sold out. You know, everyone sells out. <laughs> Everyone's selling you something. Pick up the latest Yeezys. That's selling out. Everyone sells out. You get a job to get a check. That's selling out. We get sponsors for Africa Radio. Oh, I'm certainly selling out. 
know. I mean, what, what do you want? See, you need, I, I don't – Q, we're going to go to a groove. I want you, I, you can hang, hang around for the next segment. But um, I'm tired of folks with these, these apocryphal, simplistic beliefs and statements, and they can't handle deconstruction. Shout out to David Carroll because that's a lovely word. But it's, it, these – almost many of these arguments that I see, and I know you are starting to see the same thing. You are able to see in between the cracks of it. The arguments don't really hold. They're not. They're not. Uh, the foundation for their arguments aren't really strong. I think you can say whatever you want to say and have a belief, but it better be a strong one. Do not let me take a chisel to it and let me knock down your your belief system. And I'm finding too many people, too many beliefs where I can knock your system down a little too a little too easily. I want someone like my. You could. I want to be. I want to be deconstructed. You could deconstruct Afroner or deconstruct uh, what we do here. Hasn't happened recently, but I mean, I, you know, I'm open to it. I'm open to it. Anyway, Q, if you like, stick around. I'm going to keep you on on the hold and bring you back if you like. We, we're going to. Um, I want to talk about this uh, shea moisture issue because I didn't address it last week. I think you may want to stick around for that. And I might uh, shea moisture. This is what we're going to do shea moisture. Jesse Williams and maybe uh, Lavar, uh, what's the gentleman's name? The the um, uh, Lavar Ball. Anyway, groove and then discourse. This is Roman G and Arthur. Paranoid. We'll be right back. Let's groove. <laughs>
Paranoid, Roman Jean Arthur, gentleman that's from the Janelle Monet label, Janelle Monet's pack, I would say. Folks, this is the Midweek in Review edition of Afternerd featuring Captain Kirk. Remember, uh, Saturday we have our infamous Grindhouse podcast, always at 6 p.m., and that should be, uh, well, you know, those shows are always eventful shows, but I think especially because Guardians of the Galaxy, Volume 2. Uh, if I get a chance to see it, I, I really would like to see this thing before we have that show. It's almost imperative that I see this thing before we have that show. Um, the, the Defenders, you know, the Netflix series, the Netflix team-up series. I don't even know when that thing's coming out, um, but we did see a, a, a more expanded trailer. There was a teaser uh, a few weeks ago. August. This was a, oh, it's they August. Okay, it thank you. They pushed it up. It was, it was later. It seemed like they pushed it up. Yeah, I thought so too. I didn't think that's gonna be that's gonna be around very quickly. That's gonna mm-hmm. August will be here before you know it. Um, so yeah, that and also Dark Tower. I know that's the Stephen King imprint. Um, it looks good. It looks very good. I know there was a graphic novel series from Marvel, but of course there's a, the book. Um, I'm going to have to reacquaint myself. I want to go in there full full throttle with Dark Tower because it's been heavily lauded, heavily talked about, um, highly expected. Um, so, um, I'm, it, as usual, this, this is the year of the geek. This has been the, the decade of the geek. So that's the kind of stuff that we will get into on Saturday's infamous Grindhouse podcast. Uh, the call in number 646-915-9620, 646-915-9620. So, uh, I'm really unfamiliar with Shea Moisture. I might've heard about it before. Uh, it's a black hair care, skin care product line. Um, because of this controversy that has just come forward in the last week, maybe going on week and a half now, um, it's a local company, but it's a it's a very popular company, local, I believe, out of I believe out of Amityville or Hicksville, in Long Island. Um, it has uh, you know a Horatio Alger spin to it, where I believe a Liberian family owns this company, and it started. Again, from humble beginnings, meager beginnings, with kind of a familial grandmother-style product, products that were made in-house in an apartment in Queens that became popular that uh, the CEO speaks about this rather fondly, where he was essentially, you know, this was a, a, a homegrown, literally a homegrown business selling products on the street. That became so popular that he was able to transition to a, a, a very popular corporatized imprint. And with obviously with a, a premier black, predominantly black female customer base. 
So, from my understanding, they had they've had an, an immeasurable immeasurable amount of advertisement commercials, and this one commercial comes out that shows uh, one fair complected black woman with with curly hair, and then after her were white females that were talking about using this product. After that happened, all hell broke loose. And from my understanding, you know, the black Twitter went into full full conniption and there there was this belief that they're going to make this transition to uh to being more mainstream and not really accounting for their core black customer base, black female customer base. Now, I want to play this clip. This is from uh, one of the YouTubers I listen to quite a bit. I, I might have even picked up some of his lexicon, Uncle Hotep. Uncle Hotep Handy. I think it, I think his his YouTube actual YouTube imprint is called Handy Mayhem. Handy Mayhem. But he also goes by the moniker of Uncle Hotep, and. He's a pretty funny character. I suspect he's uh, along the conservative line of thinking, the conservative bent. Uh, shout out to O'Shea Duke Jackson. Some of these gentlemen are, are a bit more visceral in their speaking. I think that Uncle Hotep, I could probably allow for him to speak, but O'Shea Duke Jackson, who I might actually have on a show, uh, he, he's out of Germany. He's studying to be a, a, a medical professional or doctor. Not Germany, I'm sorry, Poland. Uh, but listen, many of us have similar viewpoints. We want a, a G, if not PG, ship. Those gentlemen are maybe a bit more visceral. But I like – we contour and contrast, but I, I, I admittedly, I like some of what they say. So uh, I'm going to put this clip of Uncle Hotep on. Uh, I got the term nignog from him, and I was able to expand it to nignoggery. <laughs> so he, go, he uses terms like akata. And kata is a, a Nigerian term for, for, for black Americans. Um, I think it really translates into wild animal. So it's somewhat of a pejorative. Anyway, uh, let, let's, let's, let's give you a few minutes, uh, two or three minutes of Uncle Hotep discussing the shea butter controversy. And then we will weigh in in our own inimitable way. Hold on. What's good, people? Uncle Hotep back at it again. How y'all doing out there? There's a crisis in Shea Butterland. I, I couldn't believe it if I didn't see it with my own eyes. Shea Butter Twitter is has allegedly canceled Shea Moisture products. <laughs> now, if you're Ashy Hotep like me, uh, some of that stuff doesn't even matter. You know what I mean? Got ash on my elbows and everything. You know what I mean? Hands dry. For the shea butters and the lotion up, me, you know, you know, black people like to lotion up, you know what I mean? Except, except us ashy hoteps, you know what I mean? But it is, it is what it is. Shea Moisture came out with a, uh, an ad, you know, and uh, it had a, you know, I don't know, what's the word for it? Ethnically ambiguous or whatever. <laughs> She, she had some color in her, but she was really light-skinned, so I don't know what she was. You know what I mean? She was um, lighter than Obama, but, you know I mean, her hair was kinky. So, 
she was in the beginning of the ad saying some stuff about people were talking about her hair and stuff like that, you know, and then, uh, and then a white lady was in the second part of the ad, you know, saying, talking about her hair and how she wanted to be, I don't know, something about being blonde or didn't want or wants to be blonde or something like that. <laughs> Shea Butter saw the commercial with Whipper. <laughs> Because, you know, if if you're not aware of it, you know, I mean, sometimes um, black women have been complaining about uh, that they, they face discrimination due to their hair, and that's why they wear weave. I don't know. But anyway, that's that's what they're, 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 they're saying, uh, that they, sometimes they face discrimination uh, due to their hair uh, and hairstyles. Um, now, I know when, like, say, like, the service or something, I think they they ban dreadlocks and, and, and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Um, now, stuff like the military, that's something like uh, you can have those uh, restrictions, you know what I'm saying? Uh, I don't necessarily think that dreadlocks is like, quote, unquote, you know what I mean, an ethnic, well, uh, a hairstyle you have to have if you're black, you know what I mean? I think you can, you can do something different. It's not an essential that you have you have dreadlocks. I think this dreadlock wave just has been is recent. You know, I mean, due to the little wanes of the world. You know what I'm saying? It's not like they'll. It's not like Negroes is coming out the womb having dreadlocks. You know what I'm saying? Um, but the Shea Butters is out. They out of control. They they mad. They want to boycott Shea Shea Moisture, which is uh, you know, I mean, think a black. It was either black started or is it, I, I mean, it was definitely black started. Or I don't know if it's still owned. I know that the, I think the CEO is still black. I think he made a partnership with somebody else. That's why people are like they don't know what's going on. But I think it's for in, from what I I read, what I've seen, it, it's still black owned, Charlie Black. Now let's go back a year ago. There was a commercial with a black woman walking down the supermarket. Aisles, you know, they have the all the, the ladies' hair products in the supermarket aisles, you know, and uh, you know, it has the beauty with the beauty aisle, and then she was complaining that she couldn't go to the beauty aisle, she had to go to the ethnic aisle. <laughs> you know, I guess they had it separated beauty and ethnic, two separate aisles, you know, and they and they and, and in, the, in the ad, she pushes over the, the, the rows, and now the and Shea Moisture says that from now on all their ethnic stuff is going to be in the beauty aisle and everything else. This was just a year ago and it was a black woman in the, the lead of the ad. This is how shallow-minded and simple and short-sighted and, and forgetful the shine is. That was just last year. Now, fast forward, they have a light-skinned girl in the front first part of the ad, and a white woman in the second part of the ad, now they want to cancel Shea Moisture because it's all about representation. Da, da, da. Like, I, I can't even, you know, if you ever wonder why black people, the African Americans, that is, have problems getting ahead in the world is because of this, this Nas mindset that just showed its reared its ugly head today Shea Butter is boycotting Shea Moisture. 
Today was all about representation. And like I said, okay, uh, you got the gist. Um, again, Uncle Hotep from the YouTube channel Handy Mayhem. If you wonder where I got the term nignog from, <laughs> which is a pejorative, but it's, it's better than saying the, the, the actual N-word, uh, nignoggery, whatever, whatever, whatever pejorative you shall choose. Um, Cap, uh, what, what, what's your opinion here? I mean, I have to confess that I, I, uh, I refer to you and I defer to you because there's two things you said that apply to this situation perfectly. One, you've said in the past um, – uh, the whole concept of self-importance that this when he when he went into this rant again referencing uh, Uncle Hotep when he says this whole thing about um, representation and acknowledgement and listen I understand we talk about that sometimes too but this is something else this is something else um, you talked about this, this, your notions of self-importance that was brought up here. And also when you when you mention um, black folks as uh, a group of people who have it but don't uh, what is it you say who who have it who don't have it or don't got it and don't got it kind of kind of elaborate those those two things um, are emblazoned in my head so expound what expound on that and how you see the shape moisture controversy. All right, we go from there. All right, black, uh, the American black person is extremely, extremely talented. And I'm going to tell you this. This is what I've seen. I don't want anybody else to different frequencies to get upset. But I have to say this. I've seen black people now, black people, they can do somewhat advanced mathematics in their head. They can run. They can jump. They taught themselves to play an instrument speak a foreign language, physically strong. You, you understand? Normally when I see different frequencies, that's what we're going with. Everyone's the same race, but different frequencies. We're going with that now. Make people pissed off. What I see a lot of times, they'll do one thing very well. Well, maybe this person is strong. Maybe this person is smart. Maybe this person is musical. I've seen multitude of black people that could do it all. So that means... The people within itself, the American black, is very, very talented. So you got it and very creative, but you don't got it. I've also seen a lot of those same people getting locked up in prison, locked up in jail, going a lot for various reasons. Now, there's a lot of reasons for that. Social economics, you know, uh, not being raised with their father, low-income neighborhood, you know, all those other types of things. We know that already. You proper Negroes for all of that, but some of you, some of you your butt hurts. So you need to hear it again in proper perspective. So black people got it, but don't got it. <laughs> you understand? And they're easily led astray very quickly. Now, as far as the self-important aspect, when you put different cultures, different frequencies together, different people together, and you're in a place like United States, which keeps the colonies low, so they're extrapolating all the energy from these colonies and bringing it in here to the United States. So these different cultures have to follow the energy. They come to the United States. There's a tendency, as you raise the energy levels within the country and the people, you get self-important. What do I mean by that? So you get more, edu you get more educated than everyone else. 
you start talking from a me-me perspective. You start to get more money than everybody else. You start talking from a me-me perspective. And then everyone that's in that group, they want to see more and more of themselves. You understand? Even if they get a little piece, they want a bigger piece. They want it to be all about them and dictate what's happening. And what happens when you raise the energy levels too high with your self-importance, your reality can mirror. You can get the opposite effect. You understand? So that's what you have happening here with self-importance. And also, when I say black people, you got it, but yet you don't got it. You get it, but you miss it. That's what that's all about. Now, with this whole thing with, with this situation, Shea Moisture, I think as a business owner, you want to expand your company. There were some comments going around saying, oh, the company, we built it up, we'll destroy it. No, that, you see, that's, again, I know you're butthurt, black people. You got it, but you're messing it up, but yet you don't got it. You want to expand. He wants a few white people to do a little something. Look where you get your money, black people. Eurocentric black. You go to work, work in your Eurocentric company, come back home, and most of you, Maybe you take the money to the black barbershop or and a few other places that are black on the lower level. But chances your mortgage, your car note, things of real value, all that money is going to a white company. So you need more of this regardless of the fact. Black don't. Even if he just even if he was just selling all white product. What difference? Black owned, that means he could hire more of you. Let's call a spade a spade. So it's just the wrong modus operandi. Well, I was just concerned. You understand? A lot of times we're quick to throw our fist up and say, fight the power, but you start fighting yourself at times. <laughs> and I understand, black people, your butt hurts. Your butt hurts. You know? You need some more direction and understanding how things work at times. Was it a perfect commercial? No. But, you know, it didn't warrant all of that. Also, too, let's understand the media likes clickbait. Racism sells. They like that type of clickbait, nignoggery type of stuff. I really didn't think it was really that big of a deal, but, you know, the media runs with it over a few clicks and everything. There you go. I didn't really see what was so wrong with the commercial that was put out there in respect to this. But sometimes I'm not sensitive enough. My skin is tough, you know, so I'm not the best judge at times. That's all I'm going to say with this. Back over to you, Afro all right, uh, let's go to the phones. Um, I, I see our friend Q has also returned. Uh, let's go to 301. I think our friend, is this BA? Is that you? No, 301? Uh, Charles. Uh, oh, what's up? Another uh, DMV person. Oh, um, uh, yeah. W- what are your thoughts about this Shea Moisture controversy? We're weighing in uh, on I, it I, a little bit late, but. Yeah, I'm, you know, when I hear about that, I just, I. I think it's just one of those silliest things I've ever heard. I mean, this is—I mean, a, this is a company that's trying to grow and expand, right? I mean, you want because uh, how many have we seen in um, in the black community? You see other uh, cultures come in and sell their wares, and you know they say, "Oh, we have a black person uh, being exposed to them. That's good, so we can buy their stuff." Even though it's like for you know white people, uh, Asians, you know, Hispanics, or anyone else. But when our own uh, black 
community comes in and builds something up and say, oh, they're white spokes. Oh, they're, 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 they're coons. They're horrible people. I'm like, hold on. They're just spokespeople. They're actors trying to branch out and, you know, to get into that type of community to sell their wares and everything. Because they, at the end of the day, it, it it comes back to the, the you know to the black businesses and the black community and all that type of stuff. I just don't understand it. Doesn't I don't understand the whole. I I, I watched it. I was like, it, it just reminded me of that phrase. This is why we can't have nice things, man. That's what it is. Well, you know, listen. Uh, I agree with you, and I really have a, a a sincere issue with to be tribal with some of our folk that this. With, with things, it, it, it is peculiar. Let's think, about, let's think about it this way. There are businesses with agendas clearly antagonistic to black people. Clearly. And these same people do and say nothing. Okay? The minute that this company, which has been very advantageous, very respectful, um, uh, very pro-black, to use the term, They've used black imagery. It's all about natural hair care. So they've done this. They, they've actually uh, have established a precedent, a, a, a history of, of, of respect for black women. And the one time, the one misstep, if you are going, going to construe it as a misstep, the one misstep is time to shut the doors. It sounds like, it, I mean, are we mad? And as you said also, we have to establish infrastructures in the black community. Uh, you know, we need, to, we need to, and I think it's, it may be it's happening, but we need to re, re-erect the concept of a black Wall Street. During segregation, we had, we had a number of black financial centers. Oh, yeah, no yeah. one talked yeah. about it. It wasn't just, it wasn't just uh, Tulsa, Oklahoma, there were a number of black uh, business centers that we could only imagine. Forget about, forget about um, Reconstruction during the post-bellum period, of, uh, post-bellum period after slavery. That's one element. But if you could just think about these, these centers that were uh, operating during the segregationist period, when we were dealing with absolute rabid confrontational overt racism we still managed to have a a black infrastructure baseball yeah. teams and, uh, and so forth now we don't yeah. now we don't seem to know how to do this anymore so we yeah. have to li- um, we, we have to be very very uh dependent and, and respectful and conscious of the importance of a shea moisture and yet one perceived slight let's knock down a house of cards it sounds like madness. Yeah. Um, and the one thing before I head off is that this is talked about by, you know, in the uh, black community, um, you know, uh, you know, with uh, like guys like Marcus Garvey, guys like Malcolm X, and and so on and so forth it's about economic development. Heck, the latest days of Martin Luther King's life was talking about economic development inside the community and such. It, it's stuff like that. That really is the key to moving any community forward is economics. I mean, rights are, are important, but at the end of the day, the core, the foundation is like economics. Because once you said, when we have Black Wall Street and everything else, the economic structure was, you know, everyone was moving up. 
Now, the black family was uh, you know, moving up, was trending up. Everything was trending upwards. You had the economic foundation. But once you don't have that, you see how where we are right now. That's all I got to say. Uh, thanks for letting me on. As always, man. Thank you. Thank you for the support. Um, yeah, look, what I was saying is that, you know, when you look at like a, a little a little Tokyo or a uh, uh, – Little Italy is probably a better, little, a better analogy. Any of these ethnic centers, ethnic business, business, district, business districts, um, it's not just th- that respective ethnicity that patronizes these centers. You know, you see plenty black, brown, yellow folk and red patronizing these centers. Ideally, you would want to have a black business that caters to everyone. Afro nerd, even though it's called Afro nerd, is really not meant to be just for even black nerds specifically. It's for everyone. I don't want. I really sincerely would want everyone to, who who feels comfortable enough to come in and and kind of get this slice of life, this product, Afro nerd even. But some people listen to you know hear the term Afro in it and say, oh, this is just for black people, and that's not really the case. I mean, uh, I listen to the Tiger Belly podcast, um, which is a comedian's podcast. Uh, why can't I think of his? He's the funniest hell too. Why can't I think of his name from Mad Television? Uh, it's it's definitely he has Asian guests, but not solely Asian guests, but it's from an Asian perspective. And I should say, if I can get his his name, but. How can I think of his name right now? He's like one of the funniest, funniest comedians. Well, anyway, I, I, as, as an African-American person, I love the Tiger Belly p- a podcast. Um, I mean, I, I mean that, that, but why are we shooting – why are we uh, cutting our no- noses off despite our faces? I mean, it's just, it's just absurd. I'm completely confused about this thing. And um, – and, and just to give you some more information on this, you know, there's other things going on too that that are kind of feeding into this controversy. One is that um, the fact that this has, this is a corporatized business. It was a family-owned mom and mom and pop street business that made the next step or the next steps. But now we're hearing that uh, Bain Capital, the financial firm, which uh, Mitt Romney used to be a part of Bain Capital. It used to be his company. Bain Capital has a financial stake with with uh, Shea Moisture. But again, if you're trying to make moves and expand, these things are integral to your development. Now, absolutely. no one's saying that your core business, your core customer base should be thrown to the wolves. I don't think there's been, any, there's been any indication of that. This was just one commercial. And, and, and from what I've been hearing, it was more of a documentary denoting women of all strata, all hair types, essentially putting out there that this is, this is a problem that all women can, can appreciate, that the natural hair care movement, and it was all types of different types of women of color, all different types of black women, and then it went out, branched out to white women. So uh, it was one, that particular 
commercial really was like a Facebook commercial that was like maybe the the twentieth the part twenty of a of a twenty some odd piece series. So when you go, when you go into the actual bare bones of what was going on here, it sounds like madness. So the the knee jerk reaction of some of these women that felt that Shea Butter has to be taken down is a personal affront, and how dare you kowtow to 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 white women when they just they're just opening up, expanding and opening it up doesn't mean that they're discarding customer base, but somehow this became much bigger than I think it, it needed to be. And I thought it was very reprehensible, even in, even in the sense that I believe that uh, the, the CEO had even mentioned that some of their monies are going to, to help 10,000 Africans get out of poverty. So he, he was mentioning a, a myriad of things that they do for the community to lend assistance to the, to the global black community, black Americans as well as uh, this, you know, the, the the blacks from the diaspora, black people uh, all over are being helped by their country by their monies. So we're going to give up on that. I, this this is more of a kind of a self hate thing, where white women show up, women some of these black women somehow become insecure or sensitive, or this this is our thing. How dare you encroach on our hair needs? Uh, you white women have they mentioned things like they have blonde hair. You don't have hair issues. How do you know? How do you? I, I mean, it's ridiculous. I mean, uh, black folks didn't didn't invent the term bad hair day. That's you know, and, true. and, 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 and there's true. different. And listen, there's different types of hair hair textures within the white community. You have tightly coiled, curly, dare I say, kinky hair. With with white phenotypes, white people, they can tell you all day. Uh, we, we've seen Jew froze. Iron fist. <laughs> I see that Black Ronan is calling me a nignog. I'm a, I'm a nignog because because I'm bringing up. First of all, I didn't get a chance to speak about this, and I think I I, I want to I want I'm going to move I am going to move on, but I do want to speak on something that uh, I want people to be called out. All I've been hearing is nignoggery. Now my critique of the nignoggery makes me a nignog. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Go figure. I, I can't do the math on that one. All right. Uh, Jesse Williams. <laughs> See, he told me to move on. Go move on to more nignoggery. <laughs> Jesse Williams. Your wish is by command, sir. Uh, Jesse Williams, who I actually like uh, demeanor-wise. I think he's kind of a – he comes off at least – to me, comes off as a uh, kind of a kind of a calm, collected guy. Uh, I don't necessarily agree with his politics. I I didn't really agree with the whole Black Lives speech, but I know that it's very much in line with mainstream Black thought. So mainstream Black folks dig dig that kind of talk. I, I can I have deconstructed Black the Black Lives Matter movement ad nauseum. You know, it's it's certain Black Lives Matter, not all Black Lives Matter. All Black Lives Matter. Forget about all lives mattering. Can all Black Lives Matter? We can't even we can't even go there with that. So anyway, he he said his piece at at the uh, BET Awards, and I suspect because of the fire, the fiery speech, um, 
because of because of the fiery speech, it, it emboldened him and endeared him with the white fe- uh, pardon me the black female fan base. Now, interestingly enough, when he when he said what he said, right away you you really saw how black he really was. And this is always my litmus test, and I don't even have a test for blackness. I would probably fail my own black test, but dare I say? Anyway, uh, he he. Um, if, if it were not for for the fact that he he is in Shondaland, if it were not for the fact that he's, that he's in Shondaland and Shonda rules um, television, the great Shonda Rhimes. Not my cup of tea, but I have to give her props for what she has accomplished. There are people calling calling for his head, likening what he said to likening what he said as a racist racist speech. It really was a pro black speech. Now, again, I don't have any real I don't really have a problem with, with Jesse Williams. But what has happened is uh the optics with him was very endearing again to black females. He's a he's a a, a nice looking guy um, a lot of black women dig him. Uh, he's he's a fair complected black man, so we know that uh, for those who practice plantation Olympics, that seems to mean something. It means absolutely nothing in Africa land, nothing. But I know some of us, you know, we have some white folks that want to bring us ba- bring us back to 1950. Check out the Alabama jurist that is bringing back segregation. To her school district, I kid you not. So they're bigger fish to fry. So as you have whites that want to bring us back legally to 1950, and they're working very hard on this, we have black folks that want to bring us back even before then with Plantation Olympics. But I digress. Um. So we see that he is getting a divorce from his wife. His wife was phenotypically black. She's a quote unquote real sister. Sister, been married to her for five years. He's getting divorced, and purportedly, he's holding hands with uh, Derek Jeter's ex, Minka Kelly, who is Caucasian, very attractive woman. That's you know, hey, again, in my book, I look at it this way. Um, first of all, it's a lot of black men that are dating white women. So I don't know why it would stop with him. Secondly, uh, he was there's, there, there, there's 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 a perception of what people how people are publicly. They have public personas, but then they have to go home at night. And maybe for maybe the marriage just went south. Like you, you take away all of the, all of you know who he is, what he looks like, his politics. And then he has to. He has to. Then there's the marriage. And marriage is just not easy. It's just not. It's, marriage is just not easy. Some people are not built for that. But for some reason, it was important for some black women, for the sake of, for, of, for the sake of the politics, that he, he should not have forsaken his black sister. Now. Where my deconstruction comes in is Harry Belafonte has been married to several white women. At the same time, he has managed to to bankroll and underwrite the civil rights movement. What's that telling you? 
uh, Jim Brown has been in the company of a number of white women, and he has said that I separate my P. I'm speaking in PG, you know, PGG mode. I separate my P because I read his autobiography, which I suggest you should, the audience should get. I separate my P from my politics. Um, we've seen Black Panthers who had white girlfriends in the '60s. So, you being a black person has nothing to do. I mean, sometimes it can it, it can affect your politics, but oftentimes, you know, you you still keep you still rock and roll, but who who you bed down with is none of your damn business. <laughs> I mean, I'm still going to be Afro nerd. If, if you if you catch me with uh, some woman of a different ethnicity, especially if he's fine, <laughs> I mean, I, I, you know, and I'm 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 supportive of model racial relationships. I am supportive, but I'm supportive of relationships. You know, if Ice T's woman Coco lets him go, and I trip over Coco one day, uh, it is what it is. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> Don't hate me. Afro nerd's still in business, though. I'm keeping it 110 percent. We have a call. We got 12 minutes remaining. 703. Welcome to the midweek. Tell us who you are, where you're calling from. What's up, fellas? It's Black Ronin. Got me rolling. What's up, man? man. <laughs> uh, okay, this, this, uh, I'm sure to agree. This is another non-controversy. Um, I think the issue, though, with 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 Jesse Williams is that when he was giving, I think one of the speeches he gave, he made a comment about, you know, supporting black women during okay. the speech. And I think people got, you know, and as usual, people get something in their mind. That's and true. It, you were correct on that. Like you said, you know, like you said. People get something in their mind that you can't separate their, their celebrity image from the, the real person. So when he made a comment about supporting black women publicly, you know, People expected to hold him to it, <laughs> and we tried to be a real person, which is unfortunately all all human beings as we are were flawed and sometimes hypocritical. <laughs> they, they they couldn't handle it, so they decided to go after. It. But other, otherwise, it's just a, it's a controversy. It's, it's it's silly <laughs> silliness on the on the internet. That's all. <laughs> well, you know, I, I think I even think there was something I, I just happened to glance at. I think he was involved in some kind of. Um, uh, some kind of social event with education and children. I mean, something extremely positive. Yeah. Uh, some appearance he made. I think it's something to do with coding. Some kind of uh, uh, black educational specific situation that you don't normally see. Uh, you don't normally see black celebrities promoting. I mean, there's all kinds of things going on. I think didn't Neo? I think Neo. Contributed two point three million dollars to some kind of coding program, so I, I mean, there's yeah. yeah, right. So there, there are things going on, and he was still doing the work. Doing the work, he was yeah. still doing the work, even in the midst of a divorce. I, I, what I'm basically saying is, he can still support black women, but but does that also mean he has to he has to be married to a black woman for that to be? I mean, does that stop him from from doing? Everything else in the community, or that also means I I have to have a black wife too. I mean, I'm just saying. No, but that's what logically. But that, come mind. on now. Yeah, Look, no, this right, is heavy. Right, Deeper. I mean, he can do both. Is it once again people have this thing in their mind? Once again, like you said before, they can't separate the celebrity 
from the real person. And I think, as Captain said before, it's about self-importance. You know, people people tend to project themselves onto these. You know, unfortunately, people project themselves onto these celebrities without realizing that they're real people. You don't know what was going on with him and his wife in their marriage. I mean, it, it may have been good the first two years, and the last three years has been miserable for both of them. I mean, you know, so they, they don't know that. So they don't know they, they're projecting things that aren't really there. So, it's, like I said, it's a non-diversity. It's silly. You know, it's, it's people doing that typical thing a lot of, some people like to do, like they project them, themselves or their ideas onto other people and not live their ideas themselves. Yeah, well, you know, I'm gonna cut, we're gonna shut this down. But I, I bring these things up only because I don't necessarily see. Um, I hear most of the emotion, and I, I, yeah. I, I hear like kind of a one-track way of looking at these these nig nog, uh, controversial issue issues. Yep, that's what they are. I, I do, but I do want our opinion to be known because I think people at least need to have the opportunity to hear a kind of a cogent way of looking at it. I mean, there's only one way to look at it. I mean, again, this guy has a personal life outside mm-hmm. of making you feel good in a BET speech. As long as, as long as his politics and his, his um, political aspirations or, or, or how he moves as a, as a community leader, if you want to use that term, that's important. Like if, so far, he's been doing the work that he's been, yep. say, that he, that he's been uh, exclaiming. So he, he does walk the walk, but I'm saying is when he closes the door – and goes into his bedroom. Does that? Does his his politics go into the bedroom too? I mean, well, let me break it down. Well, hold on, let me finish this point. Frederick yeah. Douglass was also married to a white woman, but no one's going to berate the importance of Frederick Douglass. I mean, you could take this to absurdity. I mean, there have been black and black women and men who have dated uh, beyond or outside their ethnic group, and have still put in the work. There's been no uh, no lessening of their work or their commitment, committal, uh, their commitment to the black community because of who they sleep with. Well, it's a nignoggery at its best. I put myself out there right now, and uh, you guys already know my wife is Latina. Um, I know. Come on, man. <laughs> and, <laughs> and, and below, no, no, but I, I also work with the National Society of Black Engineers. I'm a member now of the National, uh, the Northern Virginia Black Chamber of Commerce. So evidently, that's not stopping me from doing. I know. <laughs> work in the community. So you're, you're exactly, you're exactly, absolutely, absolutely right, Adeeper. On that's definitely on this Jesse Williams issue. The, the Shea Moisture thing. Um, so people did a little, a little more digging, and there, there's other things going on behind the scenes with Shea Moisture beyond just the the the, the people reaction to certain ads that were put out there. There's actually other things kind of going on. I've listened to a couple other podcasts where they did a little more research. And there's definitely things going on on a corporate level within Shea Moisture as well that people don't get uh, access to. Because a lot of their marketing team is, like, all white. That is one thing people don't know well, about. I heard, it, I heard it's a white, sale, white female sa- sales members, allegedly. It, it's more than that, though. It's, it's more than that, though. There's a lot of, of – the whole most of the, most of the marketing department is white. I mean, as far as I understand it, they, they kind of got some kind of sick, weird segregation going on between what – there are black VPs at the company – but in the marketing section, though, it is at least as of right now, it is it's primarily white um, and female. Well, well, listen, I mean, you have, you have black comp- you have white companies, you have black folks in them. I mean, how far are we going? I mean, listen, I hear what you're saying, but it, I don't know if we get into the bare bones of how that company works. I think there's like 800 people that work for that company. Um, 
a game. So they have white people work for the companies. What, what does that mean? And you just well, I mean, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just saying there's more going on, so you actually do a little more research. You just can't go off of what people's reactions are to ads no, that no, come I, out. Listen, I'm fully aware beyond the ad. I know about the the the, the uh, white female staff. I know about Bain Capital. I mean, they're, they're looking. They're, they are cherry picking things to, see, to say, see here, 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 and here. Well, and, well, you're right. I mean, I, I think what it really was. I mean, I remember what, I saw him on Roland Martin when he was explaining what kind of what happened and everything. The CEO of the company, and what and I kind of and I do agree with, with his with his assessment of it is that they messed up with the marketing of 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 their new marketing strategy or whatever it is, and and the way they and it presented it in a certain way to certain people, and, and considering that it was only internet based marketing, it wasn't like you know on TV and radio, and it wasn't the whole campaign either. It was like part of it got leaked out ahead of time. They leaked part of it out in advance without really, you know, really vetting what was going to happen. They know they, nobody do interest groups and all that kind of stuff, you know, vet marketing before it goes out. And it seemed like they didn't do any of that stuff. So I, I, don't, th- I don't think there's anything wrong with Shea Moisture. I'm going to keep buying their products. And I ain't stopping buying their products. Or anything like that. And I, I think the people calling for boycotts are just a loud local minority, well, well, listen, small minority. Listen, listen. Well, let's be honest. They, they they got into a connection because of the imagery. It, yeah. The, the imagery is what spurred them. Exactly. And the imagery the imagery was a one shot. It wasn't yeah. like there was no indication that this one shot all of a sudden was going to be a wave of right. the appearance of black women for the sake of white women. It's just one. Right. You, you know, it, it looks it doesn't look good, black for a, a, a one moment of time for black women to get kind of all or some black women to get all been out of shape to dismantle a, a black owned company. Yeah, That's contributing to the black community. Yeah, it's sad. You know? Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. I mean, I agree, I agree with it. I mean, yeah, people's reaction is was completely ridiculous. Yeah, I mean, well, yeah, these people reaction was completely ridiculous. But but what happens on the internet, as as, as the captain always says, you know, unfortunately, unfortunately, it's social media. You got this small local, you know, vocal minority, and they make a lot of noise, and people tend to all go where the noise is going. You know. You hear a big explosion on the side, and that, that's where, you know, a little, little pop on the side, and everybody has turned, you know, that type of thing. So. We, got about three minutes, we got about three minutes remaining. Let me mention this one quick thing. Um, uh, quickly, I, I wanted to weigh in on this LeVar Ball thing. we got about three minutes, Captain. You know, this is a gentleman that, you know, I heard he's somewhat – I don't know that much about all sports figures, but some of the stuff, I, I, it makes it through to my consciousness where Mr. Ball has uh, but three sons. That are that are quite athletic that might be going toward uh, uh, professional sports and he has the big baller brand and I think he's you know kind of over the top and kind of the prototypical uh, stage father this time it's sports I mean that's what I'm hearing he's very you know big showy and talking about how his sons measure up to to LeBron and Michael Jordan and Steph Curry and you know all kinds of over the top things and maybe. You know, maybe you, you, you know, one can make the argument that maybe you're supposed to promote your sons like that. I don't know. Uh, I did have a problem. I will say this, and I'll be brief, and we have to revisit this because the time is clicking. It's ticking, pardon me. But what I'm, my reaction was clowned this guy because allegedly he, he's uh, interfered with his potential sponsors for his son because he wants to, he wants to, he, he would rather have a partnership with these corporates right. versus being uh, getting a check. And I have to say, you know, listen, if he were to get, first of all, they're not going to like this guy because if he were successful, the whole ball of wax would fall down. 
because then you have to approach. Because really, someone on a, on a uh, who 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 would aspire to be a LeBron or a, a Michael Jordan or any of these high profile athletes, they're they're moving so many units. They really should be a par- a partner. May, at some point, maybe they did get that. Maybe they got better points. But if we if if these people had the foresight to approach it like this gentleman is, uh, the craziness and over the top attitude, I think. I have a problem with with him being clowned versus, hey, wait a minute. Maybe a smart person would say, hey, let's be partners. Just don't cut me a check. That that's something that if he if that were, if 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 all these these uh, athletes did a friends thing like friends the friends the TV show where they collectively said, okay, we are, we as a collective are going to approach these corporations from a different way. They might have to kowtow to that. But they, instead of looking at it that way, uh, black Twitter are looking at him, clowning him. I don't think he should be clowned. Cat, what are your thoughts about that? The, I want to say this briefly. Starberry, Stephon Marbury is still selling sneakers. He's still doing his True. thing. And, and you can replicate that model to a certain extent or even go bigger. I don't know actually how good his son's or his son's really that good. They're definitely professional war players at that level. You have that. But if I'm him, I play the fool that's more intelligent than everybody else. Smile, make myself likable, how's it going, you know, and everything titles, and give me that billion-dollar deal for my sons, and let's go. Don't, don't come across too arrogant. That's the game I would play if I was him. Someone's going to throw him some money for his sons, and he's going to be able to sell that product, and the joke will be on everybody else. Finish. Exactly. Exactly. All right, folks, uh, it's been real. Saturday, we have the Grindhouse. There's a lot to be talk, talking about. I may be uh, 1 o'clock in the morning checking out Guardians of the Galaxy. I'll figure it out. I, I want to see this thing before we talk about it. Guardians, the Defenders trailer, Dark Tower, Tower trailer, a lot going on. Black, as always, uh, thanks for supporting us, man, all these years. Uh, going out on an old-school remix, this is Soul to Soul, who we are expecting at this year's Afropunk, so I can't be any more excited about that. This is Back to Life. Kind of an updated remix. Uh, Saturday, folks, 6 p.m. Always real. Back to-